Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Scott and... What? Is that a bedroom voice? <laughs> yeah, a, we got the, we got, we got the sexy bedtime voice on, eh, Scott? You're two idiots. <laughs> we got Todd. Ah, hello, hello. And I got Ash. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to start actually with some of our our uh, shout-outs first. Mm-hmm. A little different tonight. Um, so we got Modus. Yeah, Modus. Um, claim, claim to fame is their uh, snagger tool. Um, awesome hose handling uh, piece of equipment. Um, I think they're up to like 1,001 uses now. Um, check them out for all, all their other gear. Um, they got force entry wedges. Uh, they've got uh, some soft entry kits and mass bags, tool pouches, uh, the pocket organizer. Uh, they've got their Fire Plus Life videos, which uh, we happen to be a part of, which is yeah. awesome. Um, and uh, like we said in previous podcasts, they are coming out to our spring seminar, which we'll talk more about uh, on the back end of the podcast here. But uh, yeah, check them out on all their social <clears throat> medias uh, and apply discount code DTFF5 for 5% off. I used one of their wedges today in uh, one of our training scenarios. Nice. Talk about it later. Sweet. Um, Todd Manscaped. Manscaped, yeah. So uh, definitely, uh, uh, we're big Manscaped fans here. Um, we've been uh, pretty pretty fortunate to have them support us. Uh, so we've got the Lawnmower 4.0 mm-hmm. for all your grooming needs in the Nether region, yep. and uh, the Weed Whacker for all your other bodily holes like your nose and your ears. Not yeah. all your holes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess no. good. <laughs> I wouldn't want to put it in certain holes and then another one. <laughs> Anyway, the weed, weed whacker works really good for those nose and ear, ear hairs. Um, uh, then they've got some of the other products. They've got uh, they got the Manscape underwear. They've got the crop mops. Mm-hmm. Those are the the wipes now, Ash. Yeah, right? the missus uh, did an order for me. Uh, got got me some of those uh, crop mops. It's just a quick, uh, uh, just a quick body wipe. Um, you know, if you're feeling, um, you know, a little sweaty, you've been working or whatever. Uh, if you're on a structure fire, like we're yeah. gonna chat about it a little bit later. Uh, if you weren't able to tidy up immediately, uh, you can use these to uh, give a quick wipe down of uh, everything below the belt. As as we know, that's uh, one of the major uh, absorption areas for mm-hmm. uh, cancer and such. So, um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and you know, on that point, like that, that's one reason why we wanted to uh, reach out to Manscape and why we're a big supporter of them is, is just that, that cleanliness um, in the groin area and uh, well, overall cleanliness. Mm-hmm. But uh, keeping clean and refreshed, right? Because as firefighters, one of the uh, areas that attracts uh, the most carcinogens is, of course, your your uh, nether regions. Yeah, field growing. Yeah, um, yeah. So check out uh, uh, the Manscaped products if you go to DTFF twenty, mm-hmm. you get twenty percent off. Nice. Mm-hmm. We'll do the rest of the shoutouts at the end. But uh, so tonight we were, we had a bunch of stuff to talk about, and then at five o'clock this evening we had structure fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about structure fire first, and then we will talk about the scenarios, etc. We were going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So structure fire uh, was like five o'clock. Yeah, about that. Yeah, which I want to say, I was I kind of take pride in seeing some smoke first and texting you guys, like ha, ah, you know, something's coming in, and you're like what? Yeah, as we usually say, as Todd is telling this story previously, he's like, so I was in the kitchen, I'm like, of the structure that was on yeah. fire? <laughs> in my kitchen, looking up the valley, and I see all the smoke starting, I'm like, oh, look at that, it looks like another... You'd be well in, like, one of those uh, old school, like, 
towers. Is like the tower? Forced by one towers. Yeah. Live there by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Get your coffee look on the window. With all my friends. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, start seeing this kind of uh, white gray smoke kick up, and it's in the same area where you guys have gone to for a burning complaints from. Uh, brush fire and then uh, extension to grass fire and things like that. So, you know, I was going to jokingly harass you guys over the text group, but oh, yeah. what? You guys didn't put your grass fire out uh, from a few days ago. And it's huge, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's still that same mm. tone. But I was tied out elsewhere, so I couldn't text you guys. And then. Yeah, so um, I'm the duty officer this week. Um, comes in as a, as a structure fire, but the homeowner said it was like, Grayish smoke coming from his house, and he's not sure what it is. And, and it's still one of those things like, uh, is this going to be anything? Or is this, you know, so start driving out there. Um, one of our guys that lives out down on that end of the uh, of our fire district, he has a radio, and we use him for, for this reason. Or we give him a radio for this reason because he can give us updates on what's actually happening. And he called in uh, right away with um, that he could see. Pretty heavy smoke from that end uh, of the town as he was driving in to uh, to the hall. Um, he did say it, he said the color was white, white grayish. So mm-hmm. you know, and that usually indicates like it's not a structure, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, or it's very early, or it's some you know. I mean, everyone knows it's you know, or it could be a burn pile, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm not like really keyed into the like. Is this actually like a real structure? I'm obviously treating it like one. Right. Um, and just to let you, everyone know, there you may hear radio chatter in a few minutes because our our tender is still out of this fire. <laughs> that was not it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as I'm driving out there, I can see now. I can see the smoke, and I'm still kind of mm, it might be a might be a burn pile because you know it's burn day, and a lot of the yep. farmers are burning their um, burning their prunings and stuff still. Um, so as I'm getting closer and closer, now I can see there's a, a roof, and the smoke is coming from that. So I'm like, oh, not this definitely structure fire. <laughs> <laughs> So I radio uh, the dispatch with an update, um, gave him the update of uh, uh, heavy smoke showing, gave him the, uh, the structure, you know, uh, single family wood framed, and also to update the engine, the mm-hmm. one I want. Um, arrive on scene, and it's one of those like farm areas where the driveway is super tight, and I actually went past it at first because it's one of the, again, all the fire manuals and stuff. Like, oh, you know, it's like the difference between being in a city and a, te- and a rural yeah, area is like, you don't, you don't drive up to the, like the driveway. There's no, the driveway is, you know, a few hundred feet long and it's a That's dirt right. road. It's not well marked. So I actually drove and past to be fair, it. The next driveway was substantially more, um, like it was just nicer. It was yeah. wider. It was gravel. Yeah. So I drove past it and I'm yeah. like, and then I realized, cause in the, in the way the smoke's flowing, I'm like, yeah. oh, it's over here. Mm-hmm. So I actually drove past it, which in the end actually worked out well because I drove past it did kind of a U-turn and then realized that the driveway is tight and didn't look like much is going to fit down there. So I parked outside. Um, I think the chief was actually going to start turning down the driveway and I flagged him off and he parked on the road too. So, you know, quick walk down, um, started my 360. It was interesting because it was like, yeah, it was coming out of the eaves, coming out of all the door frames, everything. You know, it was like, it was starting to get a little darker, getting that brown like structure. It's inside the structure now. Um, on my 360, I get to the Bravo side and there's a sliding door and I'm, I'm coming up with my attack plan because uh, I think you're radioing me what, what we want yeah. done. Oh. And I, and, and I said, you know, I'd like to go inch and a half. We're going to, we're 
going to make a push. We already knew uh, the homeowner had said everybody's out. Um, so maybe an animal, like a cat or something. Yeah. Um, so I'm coming around to the sliding door, and I literally, like, I, I just kind of grabbed the handle and see if it was unlocked, just because yeah. I was going to open it to see if it was unlocked <clears> and then close it right away to keep the, um, like, to keep the airflow limited. Right. And as I, as I touched the door, it just, like, falls in because <laughs> it was so hot that it just, the, the sliding door fell in. And now the smoke starts rolling on. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I updated the uh, the engine. I said, "Yeah, I said this is probably going to pop any minute now because now it has an airflow, um, and, it, and it started pushing pretty heavy then." Yeah. Um, so then I I couldn't actually make a complete 360 because there's a fence in the way. Uh-huh. Um, so I went around the other way. Uh, just about that time, the engine's arriving. Get around to the uh, Delta Delta Charlie side and. Um, that's the only actual fire I could see. It was coming out of one of the coming in the bedroom window. I could see the the, the glass was just starting to like that. Yeah, like it was about to go. Um, so I updated you guys again. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, you know, Ash's crew drug the lines fast. Um, you explain what you guys did in the engine there. Yeah, so Scott gave a wicked size up. Like we we had a plan in the truck. Um, we had one of our real switched on guys driving, so I knew water supply was going to be happening quick. Um, in the back seat was uh, Rob. He's a fellow officer. Um, actually, our one of our younger firefighters that just got back from uh, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do a bit of a chat about that later. Um, and then one of our other real uh, seasoned firefighters. Um, so I knew Scott wanted to do a quick interior push. Um, it, it it definitely when we arrived on the scene, it was. Uh, that smoke color was getting darker and darker. Like you could tell, it it had a seat in the structure now. Um, it it was pushing pretty good. Um, so I said, hey, like I want to go in the front door, or I, I don't know. Did they go in the front at first? Yes. Yeah, they went in the front. Yeah, door. so they didn't use like the sliding door. Yeah, because uh, it was uh, it was just kind of pushing. It was a shit show actually. Um, so they, I'm like, I want you guys to go at, at the front. I'm going to shoulder our second line and I'm going to start going around to the back. Um, knowing that Rob was in the back seat. So I'm like, Rob, you're in charge of the, the interior push. Grab if you need one, if you need two, I'm going to start going to the back. I knew we had our second engine coming. Okay, great. So that was the plan. We got off. Um, I don't know. I, I believe probably uh, Dennis grabbed, uh, the one, Reconnect off the one side and beetle towards the door. I shouldered the other hose line and was pushing towards the back. Uh, Rob actually gave me um, uh, Josiah. So both of us went went to the back and uh, I was masking up. Josiah was getting the line charged. Um, and uh, he did a quick exterior water application. Uh, I took out the window. Um, probably maybe 40 seconds of exterior water app. And that room which was like it was full full flash over it was it was rocking uh got that knocked back and then you could still see like there was still fire but it wasn't like fully in uh in uh, uh what do you call it flash over state anymore so uh he just kept kind of penciling when or where he could see the fire um and next to that there was a small little walkout patio deck maybe not much bigger than like a single four four by eight sheet of plywood um <clears throat> So we had that, and uh, I was like, ah, oh, there's another sliding glass glass door here. Uh, and just as I, like, noticed that, hey, I can kind of see some active fire through this sliding glass door, 
um, Scott came over the radio and said, hey, uh, the interior team is going to back out. Um, we're going to pause the pressure um, vent from the front door. I'm like, okay, copy. So we're not going to push in. Um, and uh, we're, we're just going to open it. So there's a direct flow path from the front to the back. Uh, and observe, and as soon as you guys flashed up the fan, it kind of kicked off again, so I got the hose line from Josiah, uh, hooked my foot on the uh, door frame of the sliding glass door, um, <clears throat> and just kind of, like, almost went prone, and attacked where I could see the seat. Um, hit it, like, some, like, like kind of right at the seat, a little bit of the wall, wall ceiling wall, got everything knocked, knocked <clears throat> down around it, and at that time, I could see coming through the smoke, uh, the front interior team was was pushing through so we backed out and allowed them to continue their push and just gave them some added support from uh, the outside uh those guys hustled through there like they pushed in probably about halfway and like we were telling the story earlier i would say the visibility level was like maybe two feet high like it was Mm, it was blacked out it's funny because we were having a discussion about this the other night uh actually with josiah just came back from texas um, yeah. And he was saying how it was super, like, and the burn mm-hmm. buildings are making it super dark in there. And we were discussing how it's very rare when we actually get into a into a smoke situation like that. You know, over the years, obviously, yeah. we have. But yeah. it's not that often. Mm-hmm. Um, when we push and one that, that dark. you can't remedy quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, one that you can't actually fire right away. And uh, this is one of those times the the, the guys going into the alpha side, um, they, they weren't anywhere to see the fire. Mm-hmm. So it was just all this dark smoke. Um, and that's why I, I could see them kind of, I could see Rob and, and Dennis kind of pause. And uh, Rob kind of came back, poked his head out. Um, by this time, we had the door control person on on the door, and uh, I can see Rob was kind of thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I'm like, "You you want a fan?" He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I want a fan because it's you know it's pretty heavy, pretty heavy smoke." Um, you know, we knew it was empty, but we're still doing the search. We're also trying to find the seat of the fire. So, um, and like you said, um, you could see it where yeah. it was. So um, we. Brought the fan over. As the fans coming over, I, I radio to Ash. But then I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, again, I hate radio communications for those reasons because it's like, okay, I think you heard what I said. Because yeah. Ash said, copy that. and But he threw a mask and I'm like, ah. I'm like, he might not understand what I, he might think, hey, I want you guys to vent or something. like. I'm like, okay, this is one of those times where it's like, nope, I'm not going to risk face, it. Face to face. So yeah, I, so. I, you know, it's not a very big house. So I, I, I went on the backside and said, hey, just, you're aware we're about to vent. And he's like, yeah. I said, okay, because basically the door you had open was one of the was one of the vent holes. Yeah. <laughs> so or the flow path you was the flow path. Yeah. Over, right? So yeah. it's like, uh, so you, yeah, and you, you, like you said, you were just hanging out, kind of there, yeah, um, being prepared to deal with whatever was coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as soon as the fan kicked off, uh, kicked in, it was it vented really well. Yeah. Um, at the same time, we were watching the, the eaves. It still pushed a pretty heavy smoke from the eaves, so we we thought it was in the attic. It was mm-hmm. kind of in the attic, even though the, I guess it burned through the attic and then up through the roof. Yeah. But, um, so, uncommon to Canadians, <laughs> West Coast, <laughs> we actually uh, did a little bit of roof venting. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was that roof venting where it was like, it wasn't roof venting to put the fire out. It was roof venting to see if there was any extension. Yeah. It's not yeah. a full path of the fire, like a lot no, of states. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we were very careful, like, uh, Kevin, who comes on here quite often, um, him and I had a discussion, um, and they were actually, him and his partner were actually on a writ. They did my whole writ thing, and then I knew two more guys were getting geared up. So I was like, "Okay, those two guys can take over writ. I'm gonna put those guys. Uh, I'm gonna put Kevin and his partner on on the roof, 
So they started getting, assembling all the tool, all the ladders and stuff, getting the saw ready. And then um, as as the, the other Rick guys were showing up, um, they got they got access on the roof, sound on the roof. And the discussion I had with them was, a, I wanted a trench cut, um, basically from the, the top of the roof line down, nice long one, mm-hmm. um, far enough away from to see the fire, just because I wasn't sure how the roof was. Yeah. So he then he, he cut a nice long trench, uh, stuck his head in there and. So it looks good. So then he moved over again and then just cut a few, um, like, like inspection holes. Like yeah. Holes, yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And basically by that point, um, the smoke had cleared right up. Yeah. I think from Todd's vantage point, he could see it all. <laughs> I did, you know, I was, I was standing outside, I was talking on the phone and you could see all this kind of white gray smoke. Never. I, I didn't see anything where it went black. Um, yeah. so I just kind of just dismissed the thing. Ah, another go. Burn complaint fire or whatever, and you guys may have responded and put it out. Yeah. But uh, it was actually quite quick; like it was very fast. Yeah, the knockdown yeah. was minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was like very it, minimal water use too, which is awesome yeah. for rural areas, right? Yeah, like it yeah. never turned really dark. Like it, you know, we had a few moments of like, oh, but it never really flashed on us. That's right. Um, that exterior water application helps a lot, right? It knocks that Ab- heat right out of it. Oh, absolutely, it cools it down. Um, guys made a great push both ends. Like it all kind of just worked together. And then, uh, when, and we still had um, two water tenders on scene, so we ended up with what, like six, seven gallons of water <laughs> yeah. on scene, just in case. Yeah. And then, plus, uh, there's a hydrant not too far away. Yeah. So and I'd say the entire attack was about five hundred gallons. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If that, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but maybe. you know, we always have Which that. Is awesome, because one of the biggest things, spent well in every fire, but especially in rural, is securing that water source. And it's so yeah, challenging right. when, it's, when you're doing tender operations yeah. in yeah. rural areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and at first when I was driving there, I was trying to, I'm watching the, I'm responding. It looked like it was running the highway. Yeah. So I'm like, that's okay, right. that's sweet. Cause I know there's a hydrant right there. Yeah. So I was actually calling for the uh, police. Well, I mean, the police are going to come anyways, but I was just verifying they're coming. Cause I'm like, we're probably going to block the highway here. Cause I'm thinking, okay, if we block the highway, cause if it's on the, the, yeah, the other side, on the other side of the highway, we're blocking the highway and just running the, running the feeder, like yeah, running the supply line right across. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was probably a few hundred meters away from the hydrant mm-hmm. and uh, not on the highway. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really quick knockdown. Everybody did really good. Uh-huh. Um, had safety officer ready doing his thing. Yep. Um, the electrical company came quick. Um, yeah, you know, really good comms. We all knew the moment that the power was out, that was relayed through. Uh, yeah. Everybody knew right away. Um, you know, again, like, like comms are garbage. That's always where, uh, like, we as a fire service fail. Um, and they were really good. Um, over the radio was good. Like your scene, scene size up with exactly what I saw when we got on scene. Um, we came up with that plan together, implemented it. It was knocked out within a minute. Like it was fast. Uh, and then as more and more uh, manpower arrived, uh, yeah, we just kept working at it. Got 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 an overhaul almost right away. Um, and that's where all the like we we were just chatting about this last night. Like structure firefighting is wicked. For five, five minutes, minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a lot of work, right? And yeah. that's where it really starts, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like, we were the first first new engine, um, so like we got all the glory. I made sure to go back in with uh, the crew, packed up, and like, hey, like, give me a tool. Like, let's start ripping down the roof. Like, yeah. like it's bullshit if you're the guy that gets all the glory and then takes his pack off and <laughs> yeah. like, all right, well, get in there, suckers. And I mean, this no, is you know five hours later. We just had our tender show back up because yeah. um, we leave 
you know, we, we learn the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, we leave a firewatch crew on so you, yeah. you know, for at least three or four hours afterwards. They mm-hmm. do a little bit more, um, any, you know, water application, but they're also just there to make sure we have no rekindled. Yeah. Um, and then probably we'll probably rip out there. On our way out of here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah we're we'll right after go we're done. Go and do the loop just to put eyes on before the yeah. right? I mean, we're sitting here. What is it? I mean, almost six hours after the fire's out. <laughs> and we're sitting right at freezing. Yeah. So, I mean, that that definitely works to our favor as well. Like, mm-hmm. we're kind of hovering right at zero. So, um, you know, if it was August, it would have been a little shittier, right? Yeah, but exactly. uh, during the attack, it was probably like plus, plus four or five. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, too, because some of our senior guys, um, they're like, wow, like, because um, we're 10, it's probably about 10K away from our hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a long, a that's a fairly stretch. Yeah. 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 They're like, man, from what the amount of smoke was coming out of that thing huh. to how quick it was to knock down. And a lot of that has to do with that. It was closed, right? It was, it's a, yeah, it's, right. Everything was yeah, sealed up. Right. Like, the only thing that became unsealed is when I touched that door. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, I was like, ah. <laughs> well, you think of the, our, the, our natural progression of fire growth, too. And the majority of the fires we get to, even in town, you know, how fast it spreads. Yeah. <clears throat> or, and doubles in size. Like, usually we're getting there, and it's already self-ending. That's right. It's usually rocking unless uh-huh. it's compartmentalized, like you just said. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that that's for that time frame, Scott. Like you said, getting yeah. to it, mm-hmm. the smoke that I saw, the time frame went like went to nothing. Mm. That, was, that was a really, really well orthodox attack to it, right? Mm. Yeah, you know, it definitely worked well. Big, big props to all of our crew. Um, everybody worked really, really hard, uh, which is awesome to see. Yeah. One, one more thing I'd like to add was the fact that when we did the like. When you guys are going, they did find a room that, again, door closed. Mm-hmm. Um, when they opened it, it was pristine in there. Nice. So it always goes back to like, closing those doors is so important. Mm-hmm. And even the fire itself, like having it buttoned up like that is what saved that house from going, getting fully involved. Yeah, complete loss. Yeah, because it was, it was cooking in there pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and those are important. Like, And, you know, when those occur, it'd be nice maybe if, uh, we can take some more photos of it, mm. you know, get permission from the property owners. Yeah. Uh, if, and if they gave permission to share that photo for education, mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, it's for people that don't really understand the concept of it, it's seeing that, like, yeah. hey, this is all the damage that occurred without that door closed in this other room. Yeah. And now look at this. Yeah. You know, it just mm-hmm. really helps uh, that fire safety education. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like the fire went really well from this viewpoint, right? Like, yeah. you know, you hit all the benchmarks. You know, in a really good time frame, you know, your command, your size up, uh, your attack team going in, uh, you know, your backup team and your rent team, the river's established, and then boom, all of a sudden you're into solid overhaul. Yeah. You know, yeah, as I even said to the deputy chief, I'm like, we were back here doing paperwork. I'm like, it feels like we should be out there longer. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, we we're out there for like an hour and a bit. And I'm like, like I, I get there was like one one truck still out there for firewatch, but they, mm-hmm. they actually just came back. We were just talking to them. And, uh, they didn't even have to touch anything. They said they just walked through a few times. Yeah, um, yeah. But I was just like, yeah, it's it's inter- it's it's always weird when I mean it's not weird. It's good when we when we do a really quick attack and then you're like, what else are we gonna do? Oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah. So I, I guess moving along. Unless there's more. Nope. No. Okay. Job well done. I'm jealous. We haven't had a structure fire in a while. Yeah. Yeah, so we really have either. Kind but... of our second one for the year. We had yeah. one. Couple a week or two ago, mm-hmm. but it was more, there were a couple of trailers burning. Like, yeah. Uh, mobile, yeah. Not mobile homes, um, like RVs. Yeah. So, 
I guess it's our first official, like, fixed structure fire of the year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, one to make a push and like, yeah, actually, one actually make a push and make doing work, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 No, yeah. it was awesome. Hey, right, uh, moving on. Um, so, a couple weeks ago, we, we kind of alluded to this on the last episode when we were talking. Um, With, uh, Aaron. Yeah. 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 yeah um, about our high-fidelity scenario. We were, we were running him through the scenario we did um, before we went on the air, and we kind of talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I think talking about it a little bit more extensively um, was our scenario, comma, FTX, yeah. we call it, we're trying to call it now. Uh, so our field training exercise, um, which was uh, a combination of a car fire and ice rescue, not at the same time. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the scenario we laid out, and we kind of posted this on Facebook, we took some pictures. Um, right. The idea, as we said before, we try to do one big high fidelity sim a month where we um, combine some stuff we did in the previous month or two, usually with, with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was away, and Ash and uh, Grant, and Grant's one of our ice rescue instructors, yeah. officially an ice rescue instructor now. They, they've taken right. an ice rescue instructor course. Um, so they've been doing working on ice rescue and stuff, and um, we were just going to do an ice rescue course. Uh, or, um uh, FTX. Mm-hmm. The lake we were going to use, uh, the one, <laughs> it had gotten warm here for a brief, yeah. a week. All, yeah. the, all the ice basically went away on the lake we would normally use. Yeah, it was the day before, and we had a call here. And as we're breaking from the call, I was like, hey, Grant, uh, it's crazy how the weather's changed. You should uh, take this road home and have a look at the uh, lake. It's crazy, buddy. And he's like, shack. <laughs> <laughs> so. Because we're trying to keep it secret from the crew. Yeah, because we don't want to tell everybody, right? Uh, So he he takes said road home, and he's like, yep, we're going to have to pivot. (laughs) Yeah. So. So there's another lake we can use, um, and it's on basically private land, also part of their reservation. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of our members is is part of the uh, the local uh, First Nations band. So yeah. he, you know, we talked to him, and his his house is right near his lake. We're basically yeah. right on the lake, and he said, "Yeah, no problem. We can." Yeah. We can and and that lake is much smaller, mm-hmm. colder, um, in the kind of in the shadow of mountains, so it right. it stays colder, frozen longer. Yeah. Um. So we went out there, and we were just going to do an ice rescue, pretty simple, like two people in the water. Um, and then we started talking, like, "Well, we need someone else. Like, we need to make it a little bit more because we try to involve as many people as we can." Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a good good scenario because we, we were going to do the two people in the water and then where they were going to be situated, it was gonna, probably going to have to be an over embankment as well because it was just, we, we had them situated like they were away from the beach. Yeah. So what we ended up doing, um, we had a discussion like, well, okay, what what would precipitate this kind of, like why would there be two people on the ice in the middle of the night? Yeah. Like, because it's a night, well, obviously our practice is at night. So then we start talking about like, well, what happens if someone stole a car and race it up here because you know it's rural area and like as they're running from the police the car catches on fire which happens they, yeah. they you know when they steal a car they don't care what they're doing so they're you know their brakes are hot they're bagging the car mm-hmm. next Pack, thing now it's, up electrical yeah now it's smoking mm-hmm. um as they park it's smoking now it catches on fire and the officer starts chasing them so we had this whole scenario and because like, we've tried to make the scenarios make sense because you can't just be like yeah because exactly. there's no buy-in the guys are like well mm-hmm. why would this ever happen yeah like, yeah, a jumbo jet just crashed, and now there's 100 people dead on the ground. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so this was, so basically, the officer chased the suspect onto the ice. Um, the ice broke through at the suspect. The officer, um, 
try to rescue a suspect, he fell through the ice too. So now we had two people on the ice. Mm-hmm. So that was what our scenario was. It was um, so two patients in the ice or in the water, and then um, car fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that takes a little bit of prep. Mm-hmm. Like this, this scenario probably took maybe not the most prep we've ever done, but definitely took some prep because we can't we can't really cut. We didn't want to be on the ice in the middle of the night cutting holes. Yeah, um, we wanted that already. So we went out um, earlier that like, late, late afternoon. Yeah. Um, went out. The ice is uh, right on the edge, though. It was actually not thick at all. It was barely there. Yeah. So um, Don, the dry suits, and, and uh, Grant and I went out there, uh, took chainsaw with us. Um, and then out farther where we actually did the holes, um, it was about three or four inches thick. So, you know, um, I think Grant was saying three or four inches is what it'll hold. Three or four hundred pounds of, of weight, so. Um, cut a couple uh, fairly large um, triangle holes just uh, for us to kind of rest our, our bodies on. So the idea was to have um, one live patient being me. I was the officer. Um, so I was in a black, my black dry suit and I had a black PFD on. Kind of looked like a police like vest. Um, and then <clears throat> we had the suspect and, and we had to put, and I was a dummy because he was going to be unconscious. So we put it in a... Uh, we had kind of taken its um, coveralls down and put a PFD over it and then zipped it back up so it just looked like like dummy. So we'll get back to that a little bit. <laughs> that ended up being a little, the whole thing. A little bit of a gong show. <laughs> so um, so we set this whole thing up. Um, the, you know, it was, I want to say, what was it, minus 10, minus 12 that night? It was, it was pretty, pretty cool. It was windy yeah. too. Yeah. 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 You know, it was... It was probably the best night to do an ice rescue, but not the best. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. It was like, I was pretty cold when I was laying on the ice waiting. Yeah. Because um, obviously, you know, we, we do the call. Um, again, this area is about 10, 10K out of our, yeah. out of our, um, from our hall. And the, the guys aren't responding code three. Right. So, you know, um, Ash lights a car on fire. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to time it. <laughs> you probably got to let it challenge. on just before they came. Because yeah. <laughs> it went quick. I don't know what was in there. So, we get all of our vehicles kind of pre-prepped from one of our uh, salvage yards here. And the guy said, like, hey, like, this car is pretty dirty, but, like, all the fluids and stuff are out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, he didn't know what was spilled all over the back of the car, but there was whatever. So, I literally just touched the back seat. <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> well, this is rocking now. <laughs> uh, but it still stayed, like, like, it was rocking when the first cruise got on scene uh also just to kind of backtrack uh what we ended up doing just for the more realism side of it is we took the chief's command car mm-hmm. uh which is a ford uh explorer uh, a little interceptor kind of deal yeah, yeah matches our local police cruisers uh so we use his vehicle with the door open and the lights on and when the guys got on scene we're like uh ignore the red that's blue and they're like oh okay i got a cop car yeah and we actually had our one member was an actor Right? Yeah. And basically came out all like belligerent, like, I know these guys are out here messing around on my property. Um, it's like, I was a cop car parked there. So, like, he like, like prepped them, like, ah, there's a cop car parked there. I heard a bunch of yelling. And then, I don't know, they ran off over there. No one's around now. Yeah, no yeah. one around. That's really yeah. the only information that was given. Um, and then they had to, like, use, use their clues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit of a, you know, you know and it was, it was pretty, like, as realistic as we make it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think you end up showing up after shift. 
Yes. Yeah. Because so all of a sudden I'm like, who the hell is that? Yeah, I showed up after <laughs> shift just, just before the scenario started. So it was perfect. I parked right. out of the way. And I, yeah. I kind of hovered and took some photos and videos for you guys. And, yeah, that's yeah. right. Because at, at one point in time, so I'm dispatch. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, I think Rob was first officer, uh, first first U engine. Mm. Um, and he's like, uh, uh, dispatch, do we have uh, BCHS responding? I'm like, oh, there's actually a member on scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had just yeah. got there. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, again, that car fire, middle of winter, in an area where there's no um, structures, yeah. um, it was like our red herring. Like, we, we did it, so we wanted to see how committed they'd get. Obviously, yeah, you know, obviously, if it's just a car fire, you're going to put it out. Yeah. So the engine, you know, and it comes in as a car fire. It didn't come yeah. in as anyone on the lake. So um, engine rolls first. I think second engine rolled next. Yeah. Because um, they don't know what we're giving them. Yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> I think at some point, it became clear there's probably people on the ice. Yeah, so it was great. So I was kind of hovering, listening, and watching the video. So as, um, you know, Brian, as was I see, he kind of established command, was getting bits of the, the, the story from the bystander, or the property owner, rather, and uh, started delegating the, the engine company in. Yeah, started attacking the fire. Still getting info. Uh, then I think the officer came over. Um, I started talking with Brian. He said, okay, well, there's nobody else around. So I was starting to do a little search and see what, what else is happening uh-huh. here. And so you can see the little, there's some red flags going off. He's trying to figure out there's something missing. Yeah. And he knows that we're assholes. And like, we're not I was just going to say. <laughs> we're not going to give him a car fire. A car fire. Absolutely. For there's going to be yeah. something more. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, always, the ongoing joke always is, well, if Todd's here, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, some medical there's some sort of medical thing going on, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but they did really good. Brian kind of kind of wandered away, detached a little bit from the fire, let the, the guys do their thing, and then had that face-to-face with the other truck officer. And next thing you know, Adam had his the, the tick out, the yeah. scanning yeah. the lake, and hey, hey, we got guys out on. So they can see us. I actually, yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah, yeah, the ticks really, yeah, yeah, it comes in handy for more than just looking for fire rigging. Yeah, so, so he did yeah. that quick scan, relayed back to Brian. Brian's like, okay, yeah, and next step, started relaying those commands over the radio. Yeah. yeah. So then the rescue truck um, arrived because it, you know, obviously it's not coming, it's not coming to a car fire, but it, it's coming to a, a nice rescue. So it had to get dispatched. Um, so it arrives, um, again, we kind of screw them over a little bit. So yeah. they set up their command light and everything. They kind of got established, but they were near the beach and we were yeah. in, not near the beach. Yeah. So then, um, an adjustment had to happen because they, now they obviously they send the crew out to come like make contact. I was within what I thought was, um, throwing distance for a throwback, but it was actually funny because while we're laying out there, the, the, the triangle cuts. Grant and I were discussing it. I'm like, he's like, we probably do the hole here. I'm like, ah, let's go an extra 10 feet. <laughs> so we did. And of course, the throw bag was landing 10 feet short <laughs> because I think they were kind of reaching the limits of the, you know, the, the like, there's still line left in the bag. But when you throw, you know, like as it gets farther out, the gun becomes lighter so it doesn't go. Right. Uh, they were throwing like spot on. I just they just weren't getting the distance. So I kind of did the old, like, what a person would do on thin ice, which we kind of like, kind of swim towards the, the bag. Yeah. Um, so I, I, as, as though it was breaking through and I was swimming, so I eventually caught a hold of the bag. They drug me out, um, drug me to shore, laid me on the ground. Um, they had some blankets handy, but I'm going to tell you, like, the warmest thing there, um, three or four guys took their turnout coats off. Because mm-hmm. we had guys in their ice rescue suits, but we also had guys in turnout coats because it's cold. So they took their turnout coats off and laid those on me. Those are way better than any blanket. <laughs> like, yeah. like, if you ever needed thermal protection, like, obviously... Um, 
So they, I think they put three or four thermo, uh, turtle coats on me, and yeah. I was like warm pretty quick. My like my hands were actually like uh, you were checking with me. You, I think a couple times you said actually like okay, pause the scenario. Yeah, are you actually cold? I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, my hands are pretty cold. Like you know, they were like they were pretty frozen. I said, but you know, my body like I could feel my core temperature. Anything was was rising, so I was yeah. okay. Um, and then they were trying to get the um the basket stretcher and stuff down, but they had to use the officer truck. Yeah. to kind of transport that because their the rescue truck was kind of committed. Yeah, once they got that committed down at the base there, which is what we designed, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's moths to a flame, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody sees that that car fire. And there's, a perp- you know, we, we use that area on purpose because there's a lot of area. You can mm-hmm. you can commit everything down there. It's one, one path in, one path out. Uh, a bit of a rocky little hill, like, easily accessible by like one in mm-hmm. um so every like, and i shouldn't say everything they kept the tenders up up top um and i even think second engine stayed at the first know. little plateau yeah you were under blankets um <laughs> but they did commit the rescue truck down there right. so once that was committed with the light up and everything um they did a quick pivot and they threw uh a bunch of gear in the back of our officer truck uh went over there they had the D-ring that went into the back of the hitch. Um, yep. Got got that set up, backed up, used use that as an anchor point. Uh, the guys set up a uh, um, they had a haul line. Uh, they had they they had the entire rope system was set up pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but it was at the end of its limit. Like yeah. their yeah. first haul on, they had to was, pick they had to pick me up to yeah. carry me to the to where the edge of the rope limit was. Right. Um, it was a long haul. It wasn't a steep haul. Mm-hmm. It was like they could easily walk it, but it's through a lot of uh, bushes, and it was you know, like some of the guys followed them up without any um, need of rope. Yeah. Um, so it was a long haul back up. Um, yeah. Yeah. You you wouldn't want to walk with a patient. Yeah. But you could def- definitely walk. Like it wasn't like high angle by any means. Yeah. But so I actually went out last because I, I was actually okay. It, it was actually funny because um, no one no one really asked me if I can walk. Um, I just kind of laid down and laid there, and um, I kind of, you know, I, again, I was kind of being a jerk about it, but we also wanted them to use the, um, the ropes. So, um, no one actually asked me if I could just walk, because I was going to be like, oh, yeah, I can walk, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just cold. Yeah. Um, so, I would have probably just walked out from them, but because we wanted the dummy to be brought out on up the embankment, because it was obviously unconscious. Now back to the dummy for a second. So um, Grant was my safety guy. So Grant is checking on me. Um, so he's on the ice. He's making sure the crew's good. And then he walks over to the other hole where we had put the dummy. And when we left the dummy, because I was there, um, we put it in the water. It was floating perfectly. And it's one of those, uh, it's like a it's like a pea gravel, I think. Yeah. Um, so we, we had this pretty much brand new uh, PFD on it. Um, and Suitable for 350 pounds. Something like that, yeah. yeah. In, in white water. Um, yeah. Not just standing water. So we put it in, and, and actually Grant, you know, he actually had it on the edge that's, like, sitting there. And I'm like, well, that thing's floating. Like, we want it to actually go in the water. Let's push it right in the water. So we gave it the old, I gave it the old kick. <laughs> so that's floating in the water. Floating, like, literally on top of the surface. I'm like, well, that's not a great scenario, but okay. As I'm in the hole, Grant comes over. He goes, the dummy's gone. I'm like, I mean, the dummy's gone. The guy escape? <laughs> like, I know he's a prison. Like he's a guy running from the cops, but he's a he's a dummy. He's like, I think it sunk. <laughs> I was like, what? Aww. So, so he, he comes back. He's like, yeah. He goes, it's it's gone. It's it's sunk into the ice. I'm like, oh my god. 
So, thousand dollar dummy, like a three hundred dollar PFD at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, there was some splitting to do to the chips there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we should we should have tethered it off. Uh, but we you know, like we put it in. Like I said, literally, it was just floating there, nice, but it must have saturated and. So, so we got a we got a plan now for retrieval. We got a a, a guy who's actually a, like an expert diver. He's going to come in and probably grab it for us. Yeah. Um. So now we had to again, as you say, we pivoted again to um. No, Grant. He was a safety guy, but now because I'm out of the hole, um, I can now become the safety guy for him. So I left all my gear on while I'm laying under the blankets. I actually zipped my PFD back up and was watching Grant because now he jumped in the water to be the to be the, the dummy. That's right. Yeah. So now they're pulling Grant out. While while it's all happening, they're still trying to get their rope system going. Um, and our the guy the guys that actually went out on the ice there are actual ice rescue guys. One of them's our paramedic uh, Matt. So as they're pulling uh, Grant out of the ice, they realize that the basket structure is not down yet. <clears throat> and so they were like, "Okay, what's a better option here? Like we need to get him to the, to the uh, paramedics." Yeah. And one of our senior guys is like, "Well, he's." He's sliding nicely on his ice. Let's just keep pulling him on the ice. So let's, it's kind of like they're, it reminded me of what, um, in like the Suez Canal and stuff, mm-hmm. when they have like ropes on the shore and they pull the ship along, or That's maybe right, the yeah. Panama Canal. Yeah. Even they have the kind of like, guide. Yeah. There's, like, line, there's yeah. like guys where you're pulling the guy along. So there's about five, five or six firefighters on the shore, uh, and the rope. And then Matt was kind of like the, um, the guide. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like the, um, like the tender line. So Matt was like, like the tugboat. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt's <laughs> yeah. keeping them on the ice and the guys are pulling them. So it's like, um, it's like a little modified vector. Yeah. A little vector. Right. Ball. Yeah. Um, so that actually worked out pretty well. The guy, the guys are slipping a little bit on the ice coming over. Um, mm-hmm. but that was actually, it was a really good, uh, option because they got him, they got Grant out of the, out of there long before. It, the it was very fast. Yeah. yeah. It was, that was definitely a good move. Right. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about it afterwards. It might have been better to put a spine board in the ring because obviously he had he had a he had a dry suit on, so he had some protection on the ice. Ice yeah. is pretty pretty sharp. It's not like yeah. this isn't hockey surface. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is bumpy lake ice. But mm-hmm. they pulled him all the way out and got him got him to the beach and where the paramedics were. Yeah. So that was nice and quick because um, he was obviously a priority. Mm-hmm. And then um, then eventually they got the best connection for me and took me out. Nice. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good scenario to sit there, sit back and watch uh, yeah. everything unfold and ha- watch the guys try and problem solve and readjust the manpower uh, down to the ice rescue to the priorities. And then there's the delay because the rescue truck had to set up and, re- and move. Um, and then seeing that switch like you just talked about. Uh, so priority kind of switch. Well, you're on the shore. You're sitting mm-hmm. by a couple of firefighters already getting rewarmed. That's just rip this guy across the ice, boom. It was very effective. And I said in our debrief, I like the decision-making process because it wasn't like, so Matt's on the ice, Earl, who's our senior guy, he said, why don't we just pull him across the ice? And it was like, I want to say, Matt gave it like five seconds consideration. Yeah. Yep, that's what we're doing. So it wasn't like, oh, well, coming and hawing, like, you know, just like, well, we're going this way. And that was, and that was the way. And and now we're doing it. So, and it went well. Yeah, I mean, we obviously set it up. We wanted to see the ropes come out. And, um, I mean, I don't care. I, 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 yeah. You know, I like to see the ropes come out, but I don't care what they end up doing nope. in the end. Exactly. <laughs> like, you set it up for that. Yeah. Like, when you're making a scenario, you have, like, your vision of how it should mm. go. Yeah. But that's only your vision. Mm. Like, you just let it happen. Exactly. Right? And, like, we had a chat about that. We're like, yeah, like, we obviously wanted to see the ropes. And, 
Um, even the guys were like, we knew you guys wanted to see the ropes because you can see where you set. Like, if it was towards the beach, mm-hmm. it would have been different. But we're way away. Like, we you picked a spot where there was ample space to, to set up a haul line. Like, you wanted the ropes. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to do it anyway. And, like, I came back to say, like, you know, did you get Grant out of the ice? Off, off the ice? Yes. Mm-hmm. How many times did we fall? <laughs> and, like, guys are like, I fell three. I, I fell twice. Yeah. And, like, we have things that we can do to save that. Like, if you get uh, clip-on spikes for yeah. your yeah, for your, for your, your uh, boots or whatever, right? Like, you know, there's things that you could do to, you know, mitigate that in the future, which we actually have some. We just lent them to our neighboring department. <laughs> so, yeah, Matt's like, yeah, we literally gave our cleats to Ocean Falls this week. So they're borrowing those. Um, but uh, I was like, so it's up to you guys. Like, you're just like when we do River. Like, I understand but they're the guys. So, like, it's up to you guys, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be slower, but it's going to be safer. Yeah. So, you saw the urgency that we need to get this patient out now. Okay? So, that was the move, and it worked well. It worked fast. If we had the cleats, there would have been no slipping. And yeah. now, you yeah. know, kind of prop, you know, like, uh, it's a zero factor. Um, if there's a patient that was injured, um, but not critical, Let's take. Let's not drag an injured patient across yeah. that shitty ice. Let's use our proper rescue tech, right? And I guarantee, if that would have been the scenario, they would have changed. Correct. But they they had that brief discussion yeah. amongst the group. And yeah, I love it. Boom, decision was made. They they did it right. Yeah, but but that's the nice thing too. Like, you know, just kind of talk, leading into our next subject with the uh, uh, instructor course. You know, like part of doing these scenarios with seasoned guys. You know, like. We're there to let them kind of roll the scenario out, yeah. figure it out, and as an instructor, you're standing back, making sure they're still meeting the objectives and the purpose yep. of what the event is, yep. and <clears throat> they checked all the boxes. Sure did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. In the end, we got everybody got out. Uh, car fire got put out. Yeah. Um, everybody's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's more cold. Grant was <laughs> actually more cold than me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I know it worked out really, really well. Mm-hmm. Kind of one one last thing that. I want to touch on there, um, and we were chatting about it prior to the po- to the uh, podcast here. Um, we always try to do our debriefs right on scene. So, like today at our structure fire, we did not like a de- a debrief, but we did have a quick round, like round. Like more round, round, round way to go, guys. Cause that yeah, was like, like kind of pat everybody on the back, yeah. like awesome work. Touched on a couple of like, like key key factors that happened. And then came up with a plan for uh, Firewatch. Right. For the FTX, we generally, not always, but generally, we try to do an actual debrief right on scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps people engaged. They're already there. As soon as you come back to the hall. Well, you don't have to draw a map either. You yeah, like, because it's right, it's right, <laughs> right here, right? Yeah. So, because it was now approaching like minus 15, we had two people that were in the ice. Um mm-hmm. We're like, hey, like it's cold, and we're we're not at the training grounds. We are three quarters of the way to the edge of our fire district. Like, let's get back to the hall, right? So we made we made the plan to come to come back here, uh, and then just there was some space in in one of the bays. I grabbed some chalk. Uh, I'm a terrible artist, so you probably won't get me to draw a scenario anymore. Uh, but we yeah, we just drew basically a. 
a very, very shitty lake. Uh, put a couple of X's to where the, the two kind of incidences, because they were same area, but completely separate. Same, same, but separate. Yeah. Um, and then chatted about how everything went and um, kind of back to Scott's two, two stars and a wish thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, went over. And there was way more, like, you, you could layer on it. could be like 10 stars and a wish. Um, a, a lot of things went really, really well. And then we always end off on a, or somewhere in there, give, hey, like, well, let's also keep this in the back, back, back of our minds, right? Yeah, um, so that was really, you know, you know, really, really key. Um, there was some good, healthy discussion about it. Um, and something that I, I highly recommend, um, get that uh, debrief done, you know, right on scene or as soon as possible afterwards, um, because you, you start to lose guys. Not, not that like they're just going to up and walk off, but like when you get back to the hall, there's work to be done now. Yeah, you have yeah. to like tidy up all of your equipment. We just had things in the water, so you have to hang it to dry, blah, blah, blah. So people want to keep working and, and getting that job done. So you're going to start to lose, like lose guys to, you know, doing jobs. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, right. Yeah, alarm call, same as. Yeah, thought it was very cool. Uh, yeah, so that was that. Uh, I suspect we'll have an actual debrief of our structure fire history. I would like to have yeah. one as well. Yeah. yeah, we'll bring out the chalks and the pieces of wood and stuff. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you can draw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving along, um, Todd, you went and did your fire structure level one course this weekend. Yeah, so Captain Parker and I went up <clears throat> to Penticton and did our uh, uh, FSI uh, one course with a bunch of the Penticton guys, uh, a bunch of fail calls, and um, a couple of career guys as well. <clears throat> you know, it, it's, good. it's always a good course. Um, there's always takeaways from it. My biggest takeaways were uh, just really tweaking the proper paperwork. Right, for us, for the fire service, as far as the documentation and what we're supposed to do. That, that was my biggest takeaway. Uh, I've instructed lots in the past, built lesson plans in the past, done PowerPoints, do the scenario base. So pretty comfortable with that, like a few of us were, but there's yeah. still a lot of newer guys, right, that were really trying to figure out that concept for a, a new learner versus seasoned guys, right? Right. Um, but it was really good. Uh, so my, my topics I did, uh, everybody's picking all these these fire topics. It's like, well, I'm going to do it medical FR topic. <laughs> so what do we do? Stop the bleed. Nice. So normally when we... But how many, how many, how long did you have to do it? Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So normally when we're teaching a, a stop the bleed, we're, we're like an hour and a half to two hours with a whole bunch of scenarios and sims in it, right? So this one I had to really scale it down. So I made a real quick PowerPoint, real short, a couple of videos, and uh, then just some hands-on, just steered it strictly just to a tourniquet application, a proper tourniquet application. And how to identify that mass hammer and the importance of it, right? Uh, so we did one of our videos, which is, you know, that's that buy-in. Like, this is why it's important. Yeah. You can bleed out so quickly, and if you don't correct it, you're going to die. This is the number one preventable cause, right? Yeah. After trauma. So, uh, yeah, I did that. Um, did the PowerPoint and the basic course. Then we did our scenario-based ones. And the scenario-based ones, I was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it realistic. So I went and got some of our... Uh, props that I have with yeah. some of our fake blood and I've got blood squirting out on one guy's arm and another guy down missing a leg by a car and have the guys cycled through and, and it was great. And during all the other guys' events, you know, it was pretty quiet. Um, the, the scenario based events, like they're not really giving a lot of feedback in it. Um, 
<laughs> the instructor and the guys in my group kind of got caught off because they're like, oh, well, I see a patient here. Where is the bleeding? So I piped up. Oh, my God, my leg. My fucking leg's missing. Where's my leg, Jesus? <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess we found the source. I guess you did. You know, like, so made it made it fun, loud, yeah. interactive, right? Yeah. Uh, put some pressure on them. Um, and the feedback was great. Like they're like, yeah, like we, we don't train like this. Like this comes from the career guys, right? Yeah. Um, so that was really cool to see. Um, just like, Hey, guess what? That's a uh, little, uh, volunteers here. We can actually hold our own there, boys. We'll dig to my full-time friend. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I hear from these other departments, they're like, Oh man, we plan this massive scenario. You know, we do this big scenario once a year. And then they mention the scenario and I'm like, that's like a scenario we do monthly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying our department is, is the only one that does that, but it's like, it should be something that you do like, more More than annually. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be like, and, you know, these scenarios, they sound like they're complicated. But, you know, it just takes a little bit of work, and yeah. you can sort them out. You just got to kind of piece them together. Maybe we're just, we'd be doing them for so long, or it's easier to piece together now. But, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, like, one of one of the new guys, uh, well, not, not that new. He's, he's been in panel call for just a couple of years. Um, we did a... Uh, we did a whole bunch of events. Sorry, but so one one of the guys did fire extinguishers. Another guy did like uh, ladder raises with ropes and knots. Uh, another guy took a hydrant and attached it to the ladder truck and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then you know, minute thirty, um, so some timed evaluations. Then we did some uh, forcible entry stuff. And uh, forcible entry stuff is always fun, right? Yeah. It's, it's a blast. So they, they had a really nice door prop actually that we went and used in their search building. Um, we played with that. Uh, but some of the takeaways I gave him afterwards, he said, well, how do I make it more exciting for seasoned guys? I was like, well, so you, you, you told us the scenario, oh, you're going in to assist the EHS because they can't gain entry into this place, there's a guy missing. He's like, great, basic skill. So we did a, uh, an outward swinging door, and then we got into the structure, and then there's an inward swinging door, I had to breach that, and then he said, oh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's, he's not in here. It's, and that was the end of the scenario. So I kind of told him, I was like, hey, Make it a little bit spicier next time. Like maybe instead of saying, "Well, it's just the assist EHS," hey, you got uh, a smoke alarm going off, and you can smell something, but nothing visible. So now the guy yeah. may be in BA. They need to be checking for heat. They need yeah. door control. And instead of whipping that door open, they're going to stick their head in low, quick little light fire layout, look for smoke conditions, relay that back. Right? Yeah. That's what you're looking for for that more seasoned guy. They should know all that automatically. Right. So uh, some really good feedback, and yeah. uh, he was super appreciative. Of it. Yeah. And it was a fun course. It was, it was good. So I'm glad it's done. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You um, were also on a course, weren't you, Scott? Yeah, so I went and did, uh, I've taken this course before. I, I think we had the podcast last time I took one. Um, I, I took my last one down in California. It's a Gracie Survival Tactics course. So, jujitsu for law enforcement and now for um, first responders. Mm-hmm. So, basically, anyone that's first responder, police, fire, EHS, um, doctors, now even. Um, basically, anyone that's going to find themselves possibly in a physical altercation while at work. Um, right. I guess anyone can basically find themselves, but more common, right? So um, then went to the Surrey uh, Police Services um, in down in the lower mainland. Um, there was 35-ish officers there. Um, there was like one paramedic was there. Like I said, there was a doctor there, but mostly law enforcement types. Um, but I just... The, the takeaway from it was uh, not even the jiu-jitsu stuff because it, it was all basic jiu-jitsu just done really well because it's obviously from the Gracie family. So yeah. they're like, you know, they're the ones that create Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, but the instructor who wasn't a Gracie, he was, he, you know, he's from uh, 
out in New York, um, John. Um, he was just actually the three instructors that came. They were just, you know, I, I'm not a bad instructor, and I've seen good instructors, but man, anything those guys send send us like the braces, they their instructor levels are so good. Like they just have such a good system laid out to teach. Um, their methodology is so good. Um, their class layout is so good. They're they're very personable. Um, you know, first thing in the morning, he comes, shakes everybody's hand, asks everybody their name, and you know, it's interesting because I, I kind of know that what's going to happen, um, and I know eventually they're going to know everybody's name. It's usually within the first couple of days, you know. So there's 35 of us. John goes around, shakes everybody's hand, gets everybody's name, goes around again while we're all kind of drilling. You know, hey, yeah, you're, you're Scott, right? Yeah, yeah. you're so and so, yeah, and let's go around. So by 11 o'clock, first morning. So we started at eight. By 11 o'clock. He knew, and he went around the room, he knew everybody's name. Like, he just went around, blah, 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 like, and it's a little, it's a little thing they do, but it makes you feel good, because they're like, oh, these guys actually care. Yeah. So then, now, like, they call you by your name the whole time. Not right. like, hey, yeah, the guy with the blue shirt, come over here. Like, you know, that's yeah, the thing, right? It's very personable. Yeah. yeah. Um, doesn't swear. And, you know, he, he goes, you know, do I swear in real life? Yeah. He goes, but what am on the mat? He goes, like, and he had a good point. He goes, could you swear? He goes, yeah, you could. He goes, but, but how many people come out of a course and go, man, I wish I had instructor swore more. He goes, nobody. Nobody wants yeah. people to get sworn at. He goes, even if you're doing it to prove your point. He goes, like, well, why? And I'm like, oh, that's actually a pretty good point. So, like, no swearing. Like, it wasn't, like, hard, like, don't swear. But um, And then by Thursday, Friday, we were doing uh, teachbacks, and their system of teaching is, is amazing. It's like you do basically five um, rotations of the drill, but you're doing it in a very systematic approach. And then by the end, everyone kind of gets it. And even their, their correction of things is like, you know, you're doing it wrong and you walk by the student and they're obviously doing it wrong. Well, you don't go, Hey, stop that. What, what are you doing? No, that, or that's one way you can do it. All sarcastic. No, they yeah. say, they, they come up to you like, Hey, freeze for a second. Hey, that looks really great. And then they grab your hand and then, then they readjust you exactly where they want you. And sometimes the adjustments, like everything has to change, but they yeah. say, Hey, that looks really great. And they adjust you. And then they say, perfect. And then they, and then you carry on. And it's not like you even, you're like, Oh yeah, hey, I'm doing really good. He said, I look great. And now I'm perfect. And, <laughs> and, and you actually just literally got put in the position where they want you. So they're not trying to guide you. That's right. So it's really great adjustment. And then he even said to us, he goes, he goes, does it look great? And we're like, well, no, not if it's wrong. He's like, but to me, he goes, Law enforcement training on a mat to be better at arresting suspects, that's great to me. So it does look great. Because whether you're doing it wrong, I'll fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just their methodology is so much so good. And mm-hmm. I was saying, like, if, if there's a way for them just to teach how they teach, yeah, it would be great for everybody to learn. Right. Um, not just the jujitsu side. But I guess the best way to learn is you take the jujitsu stuff. <laughs> right. right. But yeah. So that's my, my big takeaway from the week. It's a five day course. So certified again for a couple more years. And Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, we're talking offline as well and how important that is for first responders. Like in, in my world as a paramedic, uh, I've been in numerous situations where I've had to defend myself or try and back away or leave or full on defensive scrap. Yeah. You know, in the back of the angle and you're in a confined area and I'm not throwing haymakers this time, but, uh, (laughs) you know, like, You, you got to defend yourself. Yeah. Um, there's no way we should just sit there and take it. Well, and, and their methods of defense are like no one, you know, 
could you punt? Like the kind of the thing we say is like, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Like, yeah, can you throw exactly. a punch from here? Yeah, you could. Can you throw an elbow from here? Yeah, anything will work once. Um, is it necessary? No, if you know how to control them right, it's probably yeah, not necessary. Exactly. And it's so much more like gentler on you. Yeah. And I always find like controlling somebody through like technique. Yeah. It just saps their morale more. Like they're mm-hmm. they 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 call it the hundred second rule. So you, you pin a person down for hundred seconds, and they can't get up. Typically, they'll just get low. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 kind of have this loose like um, um, formula. It's like for every ten seconds you pin the guy down, it's ten percent of their energy is gone. Right. So, you know, if you, if you try to handcuff them after 10 seconds, there's a 10% chance you're going to be able to handcuff them, someone who's actively resisting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after 100 seconds, there's almost 100% chance you're going to be able to cuff them right. uh, or get them rolled over or control them in your case, like if yeah. you're in back analyst. So, um, so yeah, um, I I teach here now, like any, in any law enforcement or anybody who's allowed to come um, for free, and we just, you know, just go over the same stuff. And this mm-hmm. is all about making people better. Yeah, I, and I remember, you probably remember, years years ago, <clears throat> when I was still working in the Lower Mainland, um, uh, I, I was asking me about some stuff, and, and mm. we went up to the mat, and we're, you were showing me just real basic mm. little things to kind of control somebody, or a wrist lock, yeah. and things like that, and, and that was pertinent for me as a paramedic. Like, I'm not going there to take somebody down, yeah. but I need to control those arms and flailing <clears throat> to protect me and the patient, and I use those <clears throat> numerous times. Yeah, you know, just to control something. And it's ridiculous for the, I, you know, for the paramedics because you guys are literally driving down the highway at eighty kilometers an hour, mm-hmm. code three, and patient maybe starts being combative. Yeah. Um, they even the guy the other day when we were, you know, just before I went to that my course, we had a guy in a in a car who had whether he had a seizure or whatever, um, he was being mildly right. combative. Right. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to hurt him, but we had to get him out because yeah. he needs he needs yeah. to go to the hospital. Yeah. So there is actually some control we had to use to get him out. Um, but the the whole like, and I, I think what you guys are told, well, just gain distance and call the call the, call yeah, the police. That's the default. Okay, right? well, how do you gain distance in the back of an ambulance? You're basically locked in a cage with them. Yeah, highway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no matter how long it takes, like you bang and tell your partner to stop stop mm-hmm. the truck. It's still going to take some time to Absolutely. slow down, stop, pull over. Yeah. I mean, you can be hit twenty times over by then. Absolutely. Um, and then we were like we were saying on the weekend, how many punches is too many? Well, one. Yeah. <laughs> so we can control the one punch before it comes. Um, and obviously, there's stuff in your ambulance where they can grab um, the sharps and things like that. And exactly. Things like so, yeah, you know, I think every law enforcement paramedic, you just everybody should be able to train this stuff. Awesome. All right, um, I think we're almost wrapped up. Yeah. Um, we're going to mention uh, one other um, uh, thing. Was um, are we actually talked about it? Uh, Josiah just came back from. Uh, well, he's one of our new, newer guys. Yeah. Um, he had. Took him as 1001. So he went down to training division, which is in Texas. Yeah. Um, we're going to shout those guys out because they, uh, evidently they listen to us. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess there are some people down yeah. there that uh, have heard of the uh, podcast, which is awesome. We appreciate that. It's funny because yeah. Josiah was like, well, don't like, they're like, oh, so you should be pretty well trained. He's like, don't reflect any, like, uh, yeah. my, my abilities don't reflect uh, what I, what I learned. <laughs> but no, I think he did really well. I'm actually just watching him tonight on the fire. Yeah. Um, because before he left, you know, he's a younger guy and super into firefighting. And sometimes that energy is like, okay, dude, like, settle down. <laughs> so I'd say he was kind of hard to harness. Yeah. So yeah, right? tonight, I and I think you saw it too. Like he was, yeah. he's on it. Like he knew what to do. Um, literally, he just got back like like last night. Yeah. From his <laughs> training. So 
you know, fresh from the academy, and then we we catch a structured fire where he's actually running the nozzle. He's actually the only one to use the nozzle. To, uh, not use the nozzle. Um, action the fire, the main part of the fire. Yeah, right? he was the guy yeah. that knocked the yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, it was, you you could tell that the training was working. Like, you know, flake the hose, got everything set. Wasn't asking like, what should I do next? What should I do next? No, he, he got everything ready. Yeah. Got the double nozzle. Um, uh, great powder and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, bled out the air, uh, got his pattern set. Yeah, new exterior uh, water application. Like, knew, yeah. knew exactly what I, like, I, there was zero instruction. Yeah, I just yeah. said, hey, we're just going to do a quick uh, exterior app here. He's like, yeah, check. Got everything on, bled up the line, got it dialed, nailed it, shut it off, observed, wanted to see see what was happening. At that point, looked for a bit of instruction, like, hey, like, like it's knocked. So I was like, yeah, no, gave up a, a bit more instruction. And then he was back doing his thing. Like right. his, I think his self confidence level is substantial. Yeah, uh, you know, knowing <laughs> what to do, um, being immersed in a course. So he went down just to kind of back that up. So he did their um, firefighter one, firefighter two boot camp. Yeah. So um, x amount of time online, and then uh, you go down there for two weeks straight. And it's hands-on every day, a new skill, working in a, um, it's a, not a real fire station. It's a real fire station, but not a, an active station, right. say, right? So um, they're all staying up in the uh, bunkhouse. The, the entire crew, like, lives together, work, works together, um, and it's hands-on skills every single day. Uh, and just like Scott was saying there, like. Mostly like, Canadian. And yeah. mostly yeah. Canadian. Yeah, it says there was a couple couple Americans. Uh, I think somebody from Utah or something, and then yeah. one one uh, Texan as well. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of Canadians. Um, yeah, it was really cool. But again, yeah, big big shout out, and we actually got uh, uh, got a nice letter from uh, one of the instructors, from look, Randy looking. Townley. Yeah, Randy um, Townley. He's retired Fort Worth Firefighter. Yeah, um, um, one of the instructors. From there, yeah. One of the instructors. Yeah. So uh, thanks, uh, Randy, for. Um, uh, your letter, it definitely means a lot to us to get, uh, you know, some, uh, support, uh, from some people doing what, what, you know, you guys are doing. And it's funny, like, we, we, we kind of joked prior to this, because, like, I don't want to say, like, we dogged on one. Um, there's, oh, if it's an awesome course, it's great. Or sorry, not, like, kind of one, uh, NFPA. Like, if you try to, like, learn all of your skill set from a book, yeah, it's impossible. You're not going to be a good firefighter. Yeah. You need the good hands-on. Yeah. So the way that these guys do it is they like really front-load all of the book-smart stuff. Yeah, kind of get it out of the way. Yeah, get it out of the way. And then it sounds like he got down there. There was uh, just some, some quick written stuff. And then everything was hands-on and just banged out the skill set and just like really hammered it. And then I guess there was a final that they had to go through and everything. But uh which yeah. probably, I, thinking about it now, that's probably the way I'd want to do it now. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, but that's probably the way I'd want to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, um, like, why we wouldn't do it. Like, would I like to? Absolutely. Like, I think yeah. there's a ton of value to have that, but, I mean, we're in our mixed 40s here, and, like, we're not leaving our station, probably. which is, like, for us, it doesn't hold any extra water other than, like, the experience and the skill set that, that yeah. you know, somebody else yeah. and added instructors, some, somebody new, something different. Um, but you know, I, I, like he's young. We have another younger gentleman that wants to go and take his, uh, firefighter one and two. Um, 
he might go a different route just because he has an, op- an opportunity elsewhere. Uh, however, like something like like this and these guys and like I've been doing a bunch, bunch of reading, like they're fire EMS. Um, they do a ton of other on online courses. Like you can take your uh, fire instructor, you can take your uh, safety officer, um, mm-hmm. and all all that can be virtual as well. So they'll work work with you uh, virtually, so you don't have to go down to Texas for it. Uh, but there is opportunity there as well. So, um, yeah, big, big props a to uh, Josiah for go, going down there, put putting in the work. I know he was uh, he was inside his head pretty hard about <laughs> it, uh, going go, you know going down there and kind of like until you do it, you don't know, right? Uh, but he put in the work. He came came back certified. So uh, you know we're all really stoked on it. Uh, we are really you know, really really happy for him. And what are the odds of catching? like a rocket structure fire the first real day that he's back <laughs> and seeing that that skill set had paid off is, yeah. is awesome. So yeah. Instant reward. Yeah. Right. Like if, if you ran a month and a half of direct alarms and some EMS, like wah, wah. Yeah. Structure fire. And like save the house. <laughs> yeah. Like, I actually joke with him after he came out. I'm like, Oh, I guess the only reason why that house was saved is because you just got back from training. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah. Big shout out to uh, uh, to those guys down there. Uh, awesome, awesome course, awesome work. Um, yeah, check them out online. Yeah, um, trainingdivision.com. Yeah, I just, I just want to reiterate um, yeah, to Randy and the other guys that, that actually listen to the podcast and whatnot. Nick, it's, it's, it's pretty cool for us up here in small town <laughs> yeah. where we are to hear that, you know, these like high level career guys you know, that are instructing in this academy. Or listen to us and, and enjoy what we're talking about and, and, yeah, and right. to acknowledge that with Josiah. That was super cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. Like Josiah's like, uh, I like kind of didn't, didn't want to say anything because <laughs> I don't know if our doors are big enough to fit your swollen heads out of it. And we're like, ha, 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 right? No, like it was a real humbling experience. Yeah, it's not exactly. like we're, you know, you could easily go the, the other way. But like when you start hearing like more and more of these people that are are listening, that they see value and kind of what just be idiots in the room, room. <laughs> chat about right um which is that's what we want this to always be it's just yep. you know a group of guys in the room talk about fire and hopefully mm-hmm. we can help you know promote a change of culture maybe we can help Absolutely. promote some different training ideas what you know whatever it is any little bit that we can help somewhere along the line to somebody this is why we're here yeah yeah all right any more for any more no yeah, I don't let's think so. Finish off the shoutouts. Uh, yeah. Dr. Nick, ETAC, RTAC. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Nick Sparrow out of the Kootenays <clears throat> uh, works for the uh, ATTAC uh, Conference of the Anesthesia, Trauma, and Casualty Care. I also run the RTAC uh, course, which we are a big fan of. So the Rescue, Trauma, and Casualty Care. Uh, so you can go online, check it out, and uh, find the links to the RTAC course um, and reach out to them. Uh, the RTAC is, again, a phenomenal training program that really focuses on uh, high fidelity sims. And just that 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 important right. <laughs> management, right? Um, yeah, and there's the RTAC courses uh, online. Doctor Nick's work on that and trying to get that out to people as well. So if you're interested, yeah, try and uh, log online to the ATAC group and check it out. Yeah. Um, Tanner. Yeah, uh, Tanner Olson Band, um, country music, West Coast Canada, uh, has uh, a, a new single. Mm-hmm. This is drop blow. Uh, yeah, yeah, really good band. Uh, gonna be up here for our spring seminar, which we'll talk about in a minute. 
But uh, yeah, check them out on all the places that you listen to music. Don Wolf Tree Coffee. Yeah, Wolf Tree Coffee. Uh, based out of uh, South Okanagan here in Oliver. Um, so yeah, big big fan of them. Make awesome, awesome coffee. and awesome grinds. Uh, last week they came out with some nice freshly roasted. Oh, day yeah. of. Oh, so, delicious, so right? Good. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be working with them. Uh, Where did that go? It was really good. Yeah, yeah. I missed it. I mean, I can tell you the entire we process of where, where it went. But, uh, <laughs> it definitely fueled us for a couple of days. It yeah. wouldn't be fresh by the time yeah, yeah, that yeah. you got back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't want to ruin it for you. Uh, yeah, Give so we'll, we'll try coffee. ass grounds. We'll get some more fresh stuff. Yeah, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep in touch with them and work on a little uh, you know, blend of our own with them. Yeah, exactly. A little custom blend is gonna be coming out there. Gonna do a bit of a uh, Wolf Tree GTFF collab. Yes. So watch for that. Uh, they uh, they will be willing to ship. For they're not quite sure uh, the means of what that's gonna look like. But if you are in the uh, open autumn uh, listening to us, uh, they do do deliveries. Osiris and Picton. Um, and uh, I think they said get at them on their website or Facebook is the two uh, best best ways. So it's Wolf Tree Coffee or WolfTreeCoffee.com. Nice. Uh, lastly, Zas um, mentioned the seminar. Spring seminar is coming up May 5th, 6th, and 7th um, here in Oliver. Um, I think we're at well over 20 sessions right now. Yeah. Um, don't look at that board. That board's wrong. We're looking at those boards that were on the wall that we're looking at. Um, yeah. A lot of changes to that board since a few years ago with COVID, um, I think we've actually added a bunch of stuff. We have, yeah, that's, um, that's way off. <laughs> a lot of live fire, um, a lot of rescue stuff this year. It's going to be really good. Um, everything has at least some hands-on components to it. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if it's ministry environment, um, you're going to be in a creek dealing with chemical spills. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, they love it. They, they love coming because they're like, yeah, usually it's like when we teach us, it's a PowerPoint on the wall, but no, yeah. we're like, oh no, we have a creek. We will put water in and you guys can do your thing. They're like, cool. So just that's this one component. Like we have so much other stuff. Uh, crew from Dr. Nick is coming from the ATAC groups doing some things. Um, we have some law enforcement guys doing some uh, rescue task force stuff. Um, I'm going to be helping with that. Um, Todd's going to be doing some stuff with bleed. Yeah. Gonna be having cars on fire, explosions. Yeah, multiple yeah. Uh, live fire attacks. Yeah, liquid um, fuel fires with oil. Um, we got natural gas going. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And then obviously yeah. it's a big party um, Saturday night. Saturday night. Um, yeah. So it's actually fire palooza. Yeah, great t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really yeah. awesome t-shirt design. You do all that and get the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna have on site. Uh, Modus is gonna be there doing some filming. Modus is gonna be there giving some giveaways. They're also going to be there um, selling some merchandise and some gear. Um, yep. We're going to be sitting at the same table with them doing some merchandise and gear. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check that out on our Facebook. Uh, it's all I think it's Oliver Spring Seminar Facebook page. Yeah. If you're in the in or near our province. Yeah. Or or not. Or have a bunch of money that you want to spend. Yeah, if you want to burn some money, <laughs> come, and, come and train with us. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, also with us, uh, DTFF. We are on Instagrams, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube yeah. the big one. Um, we're trying to post all of our our podcasts on YouTube now. Um, so if you're interested in seeing what the guest looks like, interesting in seeing what us we look like, this one is not recorded tonight. Um, yeah, you're gonna see a logo. <laughs> yeah, being that we just came came back from yeah, we uh, just weren't set up. As structure fire, we just weren't uh, set up for video, but. Uh, 
Uh, this will definitely get on to YouTube. Um, yeah. uh, but next week we have a guest that's coming on. Uh, you'll definitely want to tune in for that one. Yeah. Um, so watch for that, and we'll likely want to see see that on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, that's it. Anything else? No, thank you. Good night. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Have a good night. Stay safe. Stay BTFF. <laughs>